everybody, welcome to uh, Unscripted One-on-One with my good friend and pretty much a member of our family, uh, Miss Cami Prano. Cami, why don't you introduce yourself, tell everybody what you do, and, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, hi everyone, I'm Cami. I'm currently an assistant coach at Ohio State for softball and also work for Aaron at the Dome. That's- yeah, I, yeah, that's okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. No, um, so Cammy and I, we go, I don't want to say way back because you're not that old, but um, we go back, I guess, f- almost five years now um, to, to the very beginning, early days at, uh, at the Dome where we, uh, where we work, where we spend our days working. So, um, but I think from the very beginning, I, uh, I remember we had, what was it, what was it, 20 questions with Cammy? Is that what I used to call it? Yeah. 20 questions at the right yeah Yeah. i should have done 22 because that was your your number but uh we did 20 questions what's that for sure asked way more than 20 so i'm sure we got to 22 at some point you're probably yeah you're probably right but it was always called 20 questions with gammy and uh i was just always fascinated um by your early days um your playing career obviously and uh and moving on from there so as you said you are a coach with the ohio state university now but um, what led you to that, I think, is a pretty interesting story that I wanted to share with, with this audience. So um, let me start by, I had to write it down, and I know it's unscripted. I had, write, my script. I had to write it down. So you were the 2016, I'm sorry, you're a 2016 graduate of The Ohio State University, four-year starter. Uh, you were three-time All-Big Ten performer. You never batted lower than 329 in a season. You broke Ohio State's all-time hits record with 247. You broke their doubles record with 64 as a senior. Not as in one. Do you have 64 doubles as a senior? Or is no, it both of those were career records. So over my four years there. Gotcha. Because that's that's still pretty impressive either way. <laughs> you became the 11th All-American in program history. You were selected to the NFCA team. And is it your senior year? You went 34, 20, and one. Is that right? I would think so, because I think that was our best record of the year we went to regionals for the first time in ever, so. Well, that's what the website said. You could believe everything you read on the internet, so that's that's probably true. <laughs> well, no, pretty much that but, came completely off of Ohio State's website, so. There you go. Of- well, <laughs> that, I, I pulled it off of Ohio State's website. Either way, you had an incredible career at, at Ohio State uh, in softball. I think we have already mentioned that, but uh, in softball, you had a very decorated career. So what I wanted to do was have you um, take us all the way back to, take us back to where it all started. What, when, when did you start playing softball? Um, you know, let's just start there. When did you start playing softball? I mean, the first time I can remember playing was I played like rec and t-ball and all that fun stuff, but like not really anything competitive until I was about 11. And my older sister at the time, Erica, she played as well. And so uh, we had just moved to Taze Valley, which is where I went to high school and grew up from Grove City, which is where we lived before. So uh, my sister and I were trying out for the Taze Valley um, travel team at the time, which was the Vikings Elite. And they're still around today, great organization, the whole nine. So at the time they was just an age group, one age group, and it was my sister's age group. So we both go to tryouts whatever and she wasn't as athletically skilled as i am she's in the band and does that whole thing and she's very very smart um so she didn't make the team and i did and so the coach is calling my mom and 
she was like, well, like if Erica doesn't make the team, then Cammy can't make the team. And so they were like, well, we can't take her. And I was like, okay, bye, like, sorry. And they thought she was gonna be bluffing and we weren't, but they ended up calling later and taking my sister. But from there, like I just jumped straight into travel softball. Um, played locally there for a couple years and then um, went and trained with one of, I would say the premier organizations in the country, the Bandits. And so from there, it kind of led me to traveling five and six hours one way to go to practice. So I think that in itself is bonkers when I think about it now and girls are like, oh, I don't want to drive an hour to go do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, you guys, I had to do this. Like, it's kind of stuff for like whatever you want to do. Like I knew that my dreams and goals were to be a division one softball player and make an impact and do all those things. And I kind of had to put other stuff on the back burner as far as friends and going out to a movie or to a party or going to a football Friday night. Like I didn't have a lot of those. I missed a few dances for softball events and I don't regret any of it because I'm so happy with where I am and where it's led me to, but it, it was very hard to understand and kind of grasp at the time. And you said you, so just so in case everybody missed that, uh, and there was a couple things in there I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to. Well, first of all, let me start with this. You, you ne you've never seen League of Their Own, is that correct? I have not. So it was probably because you had to go to practice. Is it, we'll say that. League of Their Own I, is- I'm a movie person because I didn't have time for it. Like- There you go. So you never seen Jerry Maguire and, well, League of Their Own, right? There's several others we've talked about, yeah. Because you were at practice, we'll just say that. but. It's funny because it kind of reminds me of I think a scene I, that I showed you in League of Their Own, and that is the sister and the, and the you know they wanted the one sister and not the other one. But um, but shout out to Erica because she does play hockey, right? Still, she does. Play, yeah, she plays hockey. She ice or refs for hockey. Her and her husband go and play two and three times a week. So all right, well shout out Erica, hockey. right? I mean, <laughs> so you know, hey, nothing nothing lost, nothing gained there. So anyway, all right. So back to in case anybody missed it. You drove, you and your mom drove six hours one way to attend practice. What time did practice start? Did you go in the morning? How did you? Yeah, so it was typically, so I would pack my bag the night before, like I would make my lunch, I would put a cooler together, the whole thing. Um, we would get up at like 4.30, knowing to leave, we had to leave at around 4.45. Um, she calls this taking the shortcut because I would sleep the whole way there. <laughs> so we would get on the road. Um, it was her goal to get out of Ohio before we stopped to like use the restroom, get a coffee, whatever. And normally around that time, it was like seven or so. So people were starting to get up. So we would get there maybe at like 10 o'clock because of the hour time change. Um, I would change in the car, put all my practice stuff on from like my nighttime or just leisure clothes wearing there, but um, change, have practice from like 10.30 to like four or five-ish. We would get like a quick McDonald's on the way home and then make it home around 10 or 11. And you did this every weekend? Um, it was pretty much like in the winter time when I wasn't playing um, basketball. I played volleyball in the fall, so I kind of missed some of that. But um, when volleyball was over, it was pretty much every weekend, whether we were going to Chicago for practice or we were flying somewhere warm for a tournament. So we would go to Texas and the Californias during that time. Wow. And, and that went on for how many years? Five. Five years. Five years. Nearly every weekend. And then, so let's go back to the actual travel team. Cause you said you are at a high level. When you, when you talk about a high level travel team, and I think you mentioned some, some, some travel in there. Cause a lot of travel teams, you know, you play local tournaments and those kind of things. 
what what kind of distances were you going to play for for if you're playing for a team out of were they based in Chicago? Yes. So if you're playing for a team based in Chicago, I can't imagine every game was in Chicago, or maybe it was. What what was it like? Because that was just practice. Was your six hours? Right. What were, what were game summers like, and where were you going? How far were you traveling? Yeah, so a typical summer, we were traveling every single weekend, whether it be California for nationals, um, staying local and doing a few tournaments in Chicago. But over the five years I played for them, the closest tournament was in like Crown Point, Indiana. So a three and a half hour drive. So um, with that, we went to Missouri, Missouri several times, Florida, Texas, Georgia's, anywhere we could get good competition in games. Because at the time, like, the organization now has 20 and 25 teams all over the Midwest, whether it be Ohio, Indiana, Chicago, whatever. Um, when I played for them, there was two teams and they were both out of Chicago. I was the first person not from their little area to join the team. And then after that, the Ohio girls just started flocking over to that organization. And not to say I paved the way, but slightly, a little bit getting them um, kind of to better competition other than what's in Ohio. And how did you find out about that team? Did they recruit you or did you did you know someone? How did you find a team in Chicago? Gosh, I don't even know. Um, I was playing on a team here in Ohio and we were the best in Ohio. Um, even several players on that current team ended up going with me to the new team with the Bandits. So we were the best in Ohio. Like we were traveling and doing all the things that they were doing. We ended up breaking up. There was something that happened with the coaching staff and all that fun stuff. So a big chunk of the team went and made a new team with a new name. Um, and then I, myself and two others end up leaving to go to other organizations. And again, like I said, seven of that team from Ohio ended up coming and playing on my Bandits team like throughout the years, which was kind of fun. Wow. And so, all right, so then, then so the next thing that would happen, I would assume is, um, and I think you, you've told me this once and, and maybe it's fair for the audience. It wasn't, was, it wasn't necessarily your dream to play for the Ohio State University. Is that okay to say? It wasn't originally, but can I tell the story as why I fixed it? No, absolutely, go ahead, your show. Um, <laughs> so at first, like as every other teenage high schooler, didn't really get along with my parents a whole lot. Um, external things knowing now like that I know obviously is very silly um so I wanted to get the heck out of Ohio get as far away as I could um I was looking at Georgia the SECs like Pac-12 like the whole nine anything as far away as I could get like the better so um ended up going to visits do all the things and so my mom was like like come on like why don't you just go take a visit whatever and I'm like okay whatever fine go um she begged me for months and months and months and I'm like mom I want to get away I don't want to do this and so we ended up going and the first step we took on campus she starts bawling and crying like that I just like belonged there and I needed to be there um shortly thereafter we went to a game and, and there was an Ohio girl on the team and she literally had like 200 250 people in the stands like all with her shirt on from her hometown the whole nine and and I just wanted that feeling and that support and that love and I just realized going that far away and being as close to my family as I am like it, it wasn't the best decision and I see people why they want to go away and why they want to stay but for me staying was one of the best decisions I made because over my four years my parents only missed a total of five games whether that be traveling and going across the country but like having their support there was just unreal and, and I don't think I would have had as much success as I did without them being there like at all. 
Yeah, that's and that's very cool. And and there's other things that we we, we can touch on it, or it's up to, totally up to you. Uh, if not, people can find it. I'm sure on YouTube if they if they YouTube it. Um, there's great things that have happened with your family and Ohio State, and in you know since your career ended, uh, your mom was a huge fan <laughs> during your career, but also continues to be a huge fan of Ohio State to this day. So uh, really cool stuff that that happened uh, on that. So you decide. Now, now, did they have a big signing day? Did you do the whole, I'm going to pick this hat over this hat? What were the, were there finalists? Did you have like, because I think you told me Georgia was somewhere, right? Did you, did you tell me? So. Yeah, there were other ones. So were you sitting at a table and you had a Georgia hat and a North Carolina hat and a Ohio State hat and you did the whole, was that, that how that went or no? I just. Hold on. I first want to say I know it's killing you the amount of times you've had to say the Ohio State University so far, and I, I feel for you. So thank Any, you. <laughs> anything, for the, anything for the podcast, you know? It's all. It's no, um, all. Okay. no, it wasn't. It wasn't like that at all. Like um, a lot of the things that you see with the guys for football and basketball picking the hats, like that's for right before signing day and when they can make that decision. Back when I had committed and verbaled, it was my freshman year of high school, so it wasn't like there was a big press conference and all those things. Like I went on campus, they offered me a scholarship and I said yes on the spot. And then at that point you're allowed to say yes, no, whatever. Um, but then we had like a big special party when it was like my actual signing day, which was on November 11th, 2011 at 11, 11 a.m. Nice, that's very oh, cool. Yeah, you'll it's never forget cool. it, right? That's so amazing. That's amazing. So, um, so you, did I hear you just say you committed as a freshman? Yes. Was that common in the softball world? It was and kind of wasn't. So back when I played, they didn't have early recruiting rules. So you could commit as early or as late as you wanted. And so it was pretty much like the better the school was, the earlier they were trying to commit and get athletes because the later they got, other schools would get them. So um, actually this past year, they had changed the rule to where you cannot contact a player until September 1st of their junior year. So now everyone's, all the juniors and 22s right now are on September 1st, we're just waiting anxiously by their phones and getting calls and Zooms and texts and emails. So yes, back then, like it was common, but not not now at all. Like there was eighth graders starting to commit. So they had to change a rule. Yeah, and so I would think so. I mean, you know, truth be told for the podcast, um, during that four years of your high school career, was there ever a time where you're like, uh, I, w- I want to go to North Carolina or, or, or some other place or were you locked in you like you were just committed yeah like once I committed like I knew I was off the table my decision was made like unless something drastic happened like that was where I wanted to be and wanted to go um, it was unfortunate that there was a coaching staff change right when I came in but I ended up loving the coach that um, took over and actually worked for her currently so um, it, it wasn't anything like that but very cool. So when you, after you committed, and you're only a freshman um, at that time, when you, after you did that, did you feel like the pressure was off? Because you see that a lot with kids that are juniors, you know, they're, they're playing so hard and then they finally commit and then then, then the pressure's off it's, and it happens. You know, they put so much pressure on themselves for that decision, but once it's over with and they've committed, you almost see them relax and go back to playing the, the way that they used to. You know, I think a lot of them put themselves under so much stress now, as you see it, I'm sure in your current role, you see the pressure that people are putting on their kids or on themselves to to commit to Ohio State or commit to a Division One program. 
did you feel that after you, I mean, did you just, I imagine you felt free to just play after being- Yeah, I mean, yeah, my thought was that if I'm gonna commit and do all this, like I don't wanna just commit to sit the bench and go there and not play. Like, so my next goal at that time was I wanna walk in and I wanna make an immediate impact and like all the work I did previously, like it wasn't that I stopped playing travel softball and started doing all the things that I wanted to do, whether it be the movies and friends and parties, whatever, but like I immediately just kept my head down, kept working, kept going to practice, doing the same things I was doing because I knew I had more goals than just saying that I committed and I'm gonna go play in college. Right, all right, so that was a perfect segue. You could tell we work together every day because that was a great segue to my next question. That was gonna be, all right, you walk on campus, you're a freshman, take us through Ohio State because I know you have a reality show or something you wanted to watch a little later, so we gotta stay on time. <laughs> you cut out a little bit there. What did you? What was the question? Uh, I said, "What? Let's." You segued here perfectly for me. So let's go to that. Um, you're walking on campus as a freshman. What's it like? What I mean, you just said it. You you were driven to not just show up. You wanted to do. You wanted to be a part of the team and, and really. Um, you know, have a major role. So you walk on campus as a freshman, take us through your four years at Ohio State. Well, the first week absolutely just kicked my butt. So we had a new coach and she wanted to implement something which was called the gauntlet. And every year now for the past eight seasons is that every single girl has to touch every step in the shoe before we start practice. So there's over 7,000 steps. So little old me, like 18 year old self gets to campus and I'm thinking this is gonna be the best time of my life. And the first day of practice, we're touching all the stadium stairs, which only takes about 45 minutes to an hour, which is kind of surprising. But doing that, going into practice, we had a fall season, which went really well. Like, I don't think that I had the best relationship with some of my teammates. Um, I think just for that effect that I kind of just stuck my head down and didn't really want to go do all the extra things kind of the same way I was in high school. But um, it was kind of a culture shock at first. Like I wasn't used to that amount of people, like what was going on, like all of the, the things I had available to me and to do and um, got through it, worked out really well for me. Um, went home pretty often that year. Uh, even though I didn't have a car, my sister was up on campus, so she'd come get me and take me home often. But um, it was an awesome four years. Yeah. And so, um, and I, again, I, was, I, I need better tools. Um, I, if I had, a, I, I needed an assistant that could that could help me with splicing in videos. <laughs> um, no, I need. I got to. I got to learn to splice in videos because I refer to a lot of stuff uh, with people that I've had on the podcast that they've done or a video that they've. So take us through Sports Center Top Ten. There's a catch out there, and if, if again, I'm not good enough to splice it in, but if you all will YouTube it, I think it's still probably out there. Cami Pranel diving catch, or actually, you just put in Cami Pranel. Typically, that's the one that comes up, I think. Um, and and so, split, you know, hit pause, go look it up, come back, and just let's just act like I spliced it in. It was really cool. Take us through the Sports Center Top Ten diving catch. Okay, so just like I remembered my date of my signing day, I also remembered this date because it was the day before my birthday. So we were playing Michigan State. It was like a midweek doubleheader, and it was like absolutely freezing cold that day. It just got raining, snowing, hail, sleet, whatever, like all of it. And um, 
we were taking like outfield warm-ups and the assistant coach at the time Jenna she was like hey like how cool would it be you're playing left field like there's this big puddle of water you just like dive through it and you make top 10 and it like exactly ended up happening um in the game like I just knew just to go for it it was a super close game at the time like my pitchers put it all out there like just had to go for it and it, it ended up making it on um our video guy at the time was absolutely amazing as soon as the play happened he spliced it he sent it to ESPN and they had it on the reels within like an hour after the game so that was super fun lots of fan love and shouts outs and all that fun stuff but it was, it was a great catch I mean at the end of the day it was a great catch and my favorite part is how chill you were afterwards like I mean you could tell because it was so terrible. cold I know but I mean chill like cool <laughs> not it looked chill like you're freezing but because you could tell the weather was miserable in the clip but um but you stood up and you just kind of I think if I remember right you're like rubbing your eye or something or maybe getting the water out of your eye but uh you're just like yeah whatever and back over to left field you know <laughs> it was it was awesome it's a great catch so uh take a look at that if you can all right uh, I know we're running out of time you got to re show to watch so uh <laughs> um big brother can wait i dvr it you cut out all this time what did you say oh no we lost our audio no no there you go you're back okay good we lost audio for, for a half second what did so you say have you, have you heard of youtube tv that's what i used to record it well i had yes i used to have it prior to the pandemic and um i had Yes, I have heard of it, um, and hopefully I'll get it back um, now that the pandemic's hopefully ending. But <laughs> another story for another podcast. All right, uh, so back to all right, you just made the diving catch. You just graduated, all all honors. I mean, just you know, all American, literally. And that's another question that I wanted to have for you, for this audience, the softball audience that may watch. What is it like? You know, I think every every guy goes in, and I don't know. I, I was an intramural champion, and they, maybe it's the same because you know. When you're an intramural champion, you graduate and there's no more, I guess you got rec sports for adults, but you know, there's not a, there's not a next step. You just have to be an intramural champion, which I am and was. Um, so, right, back there on that, in that bookshelf. What's that? No, that's, those aren't awards over there. Um, they're awards, but not intramural champion awards. Um, all right. So, uh, so, but you know, baseball has that, that option you, maybe you get drafted, you go to the, you know, basketball, a lot of the sports have a next level, um, for softball. What, what's that like? Like to know that, all right, my, I just played my final game or is there, and, and I, and I know there's one option that you took that we'll talk about in, in a second, but what was that like to know that, that, all that hard work, all those drives to Chicago, four years, decorated, you know, all the awards you can think of, and now it's over. Or is it? Or did you have a next dream? Yeah, so when I was finishing up playing, um, I still wanted to continue playing, and there was actually something at the time that was called the National Pro Fast Pitch League. And so it was, at the time, there was like six teams throughout pretty much the Midwest. There was one in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida, Texas, whatever. Um, and they would pretty much just travel around and play each other. And same thing as the MLB would do, but a base salary for that league and playing the 60, 70 games was $2,000. Hmm. So... Um, I had that opportunity to be able to go and do that at the time. Um, but at the same time, my body was just completely done for. I mean, I was my senior year, I was pretty much not throwing a single ball during the week during practice and getting daily massages and the whole thing because I couldn't move my arm and throw a ball and I and I needed to catch on the weekends for the team. So um, I didn't think that 
playing professional for me was the best after college just because I physically could barely make it through my senior year with my body. So I kind of took a year off um, from that. And at the same time with that league, they can only draft seniors. So it's not like if you have a super good freshman year or sophomore year, like in baseball, they just immediately go to the draft and start making money that way. Like you have to be a senior. There's only maybe 20 or 30 girls total throughout the country that get drafted to this league that's how small it is so um didn't take that route decided against it just to kind of heal my body whatever um and then from there i had the opportunity to play overseas and that is a lot more i wouldn't say respected is the word but it's a lot more available i think for american athletes versus playing in the u.s um so there's plenty of leagues in italy japan the Czech, like every, pretty much every European Asian country has their own league to go play in. So I felt that was a lot more of a fun and exciting time than playing in the US and not making as much and made a little more money and got to pretty much travel Europe for six months, which was awesome. And just in case anybody missed that, cause that was gonna be my next question. You went and played in Italy. You played professionally in Italy. Um, take take us through that. That'll be kind of I think just towards the end here. What what was it like to live? You had you ever been out of the country before? And um, what was it like? You left everything. You left your 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 parents, your friends, your your dogs, who are who are very close and dear to your heart. Um, you left all of that to go to another country for several months. What was that like for you? And um, yeah, what was that like? Yeah. So it kind of all came about super super quickly and I know you were around when this was happening and it literally happened within a matter of three weeks so um, I was asked by another former Ohio State player who has played there before and she kind of asked me if I had any interest in continuing playing and of course I did because every day at my work I would go and take ground balls and hit off the tee and all these other things just because I missed it so I had she asked me um, and obviously staying at Ohio State and only going 30 minutes away from my parents' house and then making that decision to go to Italy at first, I was like, heck yes, I'm going, this is gonna be awesome, it's so fun. Um, my sister got married the week before I left and at her wedding, I was a complete train wreck. And I'm like, it's a week left, I'm going to Italy, I don't have all my stuff, I don't know what to do, like what's going on, like I can't speak a lick of Italian, like there was all of those thoughts going in my head and um, so the day it happened, I didn't get any sleep that night, so my flight was at 4 a.m. and in Italian time that's I don't know like 6 or 7 p.m. so I was like okay well I'm gonna stay up all night and then I'm gonna sleep on the plane try to get acclimated whatever didn't sleep a bit either way yeah. <laughs> it was a 14 15 hour flight to get there um, and then I was just completely immersed in it like I had to learn to speak Italian um, no one on my team really knew there was one girl who helped translate between the coach and myself early on and and then I just kind of learned Italian, tried to teach them to speak English, um, spent all summer living on a beach, but also on the top of a mountain. So we had like the best of both worlds and um, the girls were completely awesome. There was only a couple Americans on each team as there's like a salary cap for them because they don't pay their Italians. It's just the Americans that get paid. So we would make friends with the other Americans on the other teams and find time to go speak English and not have to feel awkward with our terrible Italian and all the other stuff. So um, there was there was really good parts because I still keep in contact with my Italian teammates. And then the Americans that I met when I was over there, I also talked to them and kind of see them here as well. 
And you loved Italy, right? I mean, as far as the the, the country and the um, all of it, you you loved it. The, and I think you told me I don't want to to put words in your mouth, but I think you were talking about how sim simple it was, and how close everyone was. And I mean, that's you loved that when when you came back. I remember talking about that. Is that is that fair? Yeah, it was just the style of living, like the way that people thought about things. It wasn't about doing things right now and on our phones and technology. It's about like spending time with people and the relationships that you build. And it's not always about work and money and getting somewhere and doing stuff. It's it's about the people. Do you feel that changed you at all? Like did it change your perception when you came back home? Like, you know what I mean? Did you, did you, did you approach life differently after? 100% because at the same time, like not that it's a third world country by any means, but we didn't have a lot. Like I, we didn't have any really washer and dryer in our unit, someone had to come and sort our trash for us, or we had to sort our trash for them for the recycling. And someone would drive around with a, um, like an advertisement on a big truck. That was their idea of a billboard and advertisements. And once a week they would drive around at the top of the mountain and say all the specials for the grocery store for the week. Like it's just a different style of living and I loved it. And it, it just really makes you appreciate all the things that you have. Like they don't even have fast food windows. Like you can't go through a drive-through. Mm. It, it's wow. as simple as that. Like you spend time, you go into the restaurant, you eat even at McDonald's, you you go and sit and they bring it to you. And it's it's like a restaurant kind of thing, but it's different. It was very, very different, but I loved it and kind of wish some Americans and people here would do that, but it's just- different. And the food was, so our, our food is, our Italian food, air quotes, is not close. It's bad, it's bad. There's no such thing as Alfredo sauce in Italy. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. So there you go. If you learn nothing else on this podcast, you've learned that there's no such thing as Alfredo sauce in Italy. So no. And then you came back and, um, and so that led you to your next opportunity, which was where you are now. Uh, can you talk to us just a little bit about coaching at Ohio State? What, is it so different being back on the other side of the desk, I guess you would say, <laughs> or locker room or whatever? Um, is it different to do that now after having played there? I definitely think so. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I see and kind of understand a little bit more. Um, where my frustration comes is being so close in age to the girls. I'm like, why the heck are you guys doing that? Or why don't you do this? Or all those kind of decision-making processes. But at the same time, when I'm 18 to 22 years old, I didn't know those things or what to do and what not to do. So I kind of have to give myself some slack for them and, and realize that they're going through the same things that I just recently did. So I try to be a mentor for them in that way. And like, I get it. I understand like it's recent for me as well. So try to relate to them in that way but um jumping into coaching has been nothing but amazing like last year with the covid year being my first year kind of sucked but we were able to get through about a third of our season um and then right when spring break happened is when covid shut us down and since then we haven't really had a chance to do a whole lot besides seeing our girls on zoom and doing some weekly calls and trying to get some guest speakers to keep them excited but other than that, it's just a matter of like just getting them back and healthy. Yeah, and uh, and for the, for our audience, um, because you do some things remote for me um, as a part of your role, uh, assisting me, we were texting throughout that whole process because there was projects that you were doing on the road for me, um, and 
it that was wild because you were in a, you were in Arizona, right? I mean, you I think it was with the Grand Canyon. It was full of fog, so you couldn't. Not to laugh, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> but no, yeah, you couldn't see the canyon. And so, but um, but no, I remember you were in Arizona, and I'm in Ohio, and and so we were checking in, and I'm like, you know, where what are you seeing? And and we were talking about being out of toilet paper and water, you know, and you going, you I think you had to run to the store for the girls and pick up things, and um. It was running out, and you're, and you know, it was just wild. It was wild for you to be on the other side of the state or the, the state, the country, um, and you know, just what was happening there and what was happening in Ohio because it was happening in real time and it was happening so fast, everything being shut down and, and all that. So, just a wild time. But, um, uh, so last question, um, or one of the last questions I've asked you this before is it possible to play for USA? Because I think. I know myself, I, I really was never really a softball fan, but one thing I do love is uh, watching the Olympics and softball. I'm so glad it's back because um, just it's just an amazing game to me. Uh, it's so different from baseball and yet the same. You know, the field's smaller, the just all of it. Uh, how a pitcher can pitch five games in a row and their arm doesn't fall off, or they throw 136 pitches and then come back the next day and throw 100 more. It's in, in crazy to me. But um, so that being said, I know it's back. What, how, what would it take? Could you be on the USA team or would you want to? Um, it was always, always, always a dream of mine to play for that team. But at the same time, when I realized that I wanted to do it, I was late to the party. So they have like a USA junior Olympic team as well. And so pretty much if it's going to sound bad, if you don't get on the junior team when you're 16, 17, 18, it's very political and it's very hard for you to make the adult team when you're out of college in that kind of way. Like right now there's a current league called Athletes Unlimited that kind of took over the softball world and it's the best 60 players in the country playing for it. And there's currently like 10 and 12 um, Team USA members that are playing for it and they're not even the best ones there. Like there's plenty of other girls doing better than them, but because of politics and they didn't grow up in it and because of what school they went to, they'll never really get a fair shake on it, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, like I, I get it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's been fascinating to watch, um, even your career now that, that you're, you know, in, in, in the business world, um, you're a huge, huge help to me. Um, we have a lot of fun working together every day. Um, and, uh, and I, I've watched obviously the, the Italy, you know, journey that you went on um, and just getting to know you all these years has been wonderful. Um, I hope that, that uh, anybody that, that finds this podcast finds it interesting for girls that have that dream of playing in a division one or playing softball. Um, and I know you're a great resource even to this day. I know there's some um, limitations to what you can do in terms of lessons for ages and things like that, but you do still do lessons. Um, and, and there's a lot of girls and I've even noticed that a lot of the girls that come in still you are, you know, really, they look up to you a lot. And one of the things that you share with them that you would never say of yourself is um, not just between the white lines. I know you care deeply about the girls that you do lessons with. You care about their private lives. Um, you advise them on how to, you know, be wise outside of the lines as much as how to play, you know, how to hit a softball or 
uh, how to field a softball. So um, it's been great having you on. Um, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> but no, it's been great having you on. I hope I hope the audience has enjoyed it, and I hope some girls hear this and and hear the dreams that you were able to capture, but how hard you had to work to make them happen. Um, they didn't just happen. I mean, and that could include six-hour drives one way every weekend is that blows my mind so um thank you for being on anything else you want to share before we we uh we jump off here i'll share that aaron is the best boss ever and he paid me to say this <laughs> no i'm just kidding i want to i just thank you for for doing this podcast and having me on like not necessarily myself but the other people i'm seeing on and the things that you're doing is is awesome and and i thank you for sharing that with everyone else because i know you like to keep a lot of things personal and private and and this is one of your your very many things that you're good at and and i'm glad that everyone else is able to see that so thank you those are the nicest words you've ever said to me so <laughs> no thank you very much <laughs> we have a blast uh and like i said cammy's like a member of our family um and i just want nothing but the best for her and uh, i'm thankful that you were on today and uh like i said i'll, I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> go watch big brother <laughs> thank you yeah bye <laughs>